0: Welcome to episode 79 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings have a home. Alright, so jumping in here, uh, we do have our main question of the show for episode 79. Are the Red Wings better than last year? So what we're going to talk about today is uh, some interviews that uh, Steve Eiserman has had uh, and dissect what that means for Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, but then we're also going to go into a comparison of uh, the Red Wings' moves and what Steve Eiserman's been able to do, and compare that with the rest of the NHL. And there's two different ways to dissect: Are we better? Is are we going to win more games, or are we going to move up in standings? Uh, a very long-winded conversation in regards to what uh, other teams are doing, and uh, we also wrap it up of um, you know, would you rather be in the in one team situation or another? Um, and I think. I think we'll, we'll go into um, maybe the idea that a lot of people would agree with, but at least uh, we're going to come at it uh, with our regular old Red Wings rant way of uh, falling into a solution and a reason why it makes sense. Uh, so strap in, uh, we're going to jump into a quick ad here, but uh, enjoy the rest of the show thereafter as we try to figure out are the Red Wings better than they were last year.
1: Hi there, pleased to meet you. My name is Tom Franklin, one half of the Blue Notes Podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour, and we're also your home for the best Blues analysis.
2: Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's going to help the power play, and and that's what people need to understand. And you know they're going to look at it and say, oh well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Story Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. felt
1: like Newport was ready to go into his offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, okay, we're going to play chicken here with with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money. We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans,
3: it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands.
1: And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do.
0: Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my Aloha commentary.
1: Plus a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie level COVID masks, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am I you know what I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is this is terrible. He has opted for the uh neck gator uh version of this, and I'm still failing my prices right all this fuck it Um, (laughs) (laughs) voted the best podcast by our peers in the hockey podcast network follow tom and wags on facebook twitter and instagram at blue notes pod and be sure to subscribe to blue notes wherever you get your podcasts from this is tom franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle
0: everybody and welcome to Red Wings Rant. This is episode 79. This of course is for tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings. Have a home. Mike, let me bring you in here. I, I kept you off because I was like, let's just make this a smooth transition. I'll just jump. Hey, there he is. Uh-oh. <laughs> Came out of the ground like a dwarf
2: and a potato. Man, what a big day, huh? It's the day okay. after your
0: birthday. Yeah. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to me. How old are you now? 32? Uh, yeah, I did have to do the math yesterday. I It just doesn't matter anymore. It's nope. Just, like, the difference of your 20... Because I, I I saw in my time hop, I don't know if anybody has a time hop, uh, where you see like your old tweets and Facebook posts, but I actually posted, it's my 21st birthday, the last birthday that matters. Like... Think about how smart I was back then. I said that. Like, I, it wasn't somebody telling me. It wasn't somebody in my post saying, Happy birthday, this is the last one that matters. I knew it was the last one that was going to matter. Because after 21, it's just uh, your... Every day just gets you closer and closer to the icy grip of death. And, yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so
2: well, good
0: going. morning, everyone.
2: Yeah, you're 32, Matt. If you were an unrestricted free agent, no one would give a shit. You'd still be out there. Um. Oh no! I found Bobby
0: Ryan's situ- situation. <laughs>
2: <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one year deal with the worst team in the history of the National Hockey League. What an exciting yep. time for
0: you! I do want to talk about that because I think everybody's starting to get on my side, and it it's in regards to how much of a better idea that is for players to sign with, like, goddamn you! I, I've got a puppy mug <laughs> too. Oh, cool! Is that Milo? Yeah. Is he? Is yeah, he's stabbing. Um, but it, so real quick, because right, this isn't on our show notes, but it is. It does kind of relate to something we want to talk about with Steve Iserman. Yeah, why? Why aren't players doing what Bobby Ryan's doing? Because he's got some control in the trade. Uh, the trade clause. Uh, by the end, you know, once once we get to the the trade deadline, he he isn't going to be with a team that's maybe like like accidentally sign with a team that's marginally playoff contender kind of thing. And then maybe they miss and he's going to stick with them because they're not in the position to move a player. But if Bobby Ryan signs with the Red Wings, he is certainly not going to the playoffs with the Red Wings. It's a one-year deal. He's he's making money and, and it's a, it's a smaller deal where, you know what those paychecks might coming in every day or still, or every two weeks are still like $25,000 every two weeks. So it's not yeah. like he, he's struggling. Those right? checks are bouncing. Little Caesars is doing great, right? And he gets free pizza. They deliver now. But <laughs> he he signs that contract with the Red Wings, and he wants to go to Tampa Bay or you know Boston or something at the trade deadline. That's what he just says. No, this is these are the teams I will be yeah. traded to. These are the only yeah. teams I will allow you to trade me to. And yeah. sure, the Red Wings get hurt a little bit on that, but it's just like. I, and and here we're supposed to just, you know, blindly cheer for Detroit, which, go us. <laughs> but from a player's <laughs> perspective, it seems like a much better opportunity. So, uh, and, and of course, the Red Wings are just chock full of flexibility. But a ton of flexibility for the player, I think. Right. Um, right. What, what I like, too, is... We uh, lost all of our viewers on this tirade. I just noticed no, we went from six to zero.
2: We We done. I don't want to see a dab in Milo. Get this crap off. Um, <laughs> with uh, with Bob, uh, we'll go with Bob. Um, the other thing that I really like about him joining a Pupu Red Wings team is, uh, you know, he's going to get power play opportunities. He's going to be on, you know, probably the second line, maybe the first line, as soon as our top guys get injured, like they do every year. Um, so as far as like, you know, on a prove it deal, he gets to put on the resume. Well, I was a first line forward this season. I don't know if you saw that. I also, uh, dominated the Red Wings power play points. Like, well, I mean, we're kind of grinding on a curve, but, uh, I see a power play leader. Good, sir. How about eight years, eight mil? Huh? Who's yeah, with me? Up, up until oh. he's
0: 40, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, it's, I, uh, it, it's a little bit Are like, I- um. Juan Gonzalez on the Tigers, it's its a little bit like Adrian Peterson on the Lions, just kind of, yeah, I'm going to join this garbage team and kind of show my mettle. Obviously a little bit different situation. I, I think that um, Bobby Ryan cool. respects uh, Iserman as opposed to the other two players signing here and laughing. Uh, but you know what I'm getting at.
0: You I, get an I mean, opportunity saw... to, uh, to
2: shine on a poop team.
0: So the age difference between Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson is quite vast. But, uh, you know, we just saw what a hot commodity he was once he became available. So if the Lions are picking up Adrian Peterson and going, hey, we might be able to move him at the trade deadline, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I, nope. I think that works. Uh, it just turns out he a one game and then, you know, that was it. Um, yeah. so- <laughs> yes, here's our Detroit Lions talk. It's it's Sunday. It's, it's fine, right? Yeah. All right, Mike, um, so I feel like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if uh, our dad wants us to tell this story, but I feel like our dad today, because I'm wearing my new Red Wings shirt I got from my wifey, Ooh. and I got the 2020 uh, NHL Draft Cap, uh, which I was super stoked to get. Uh, draft what, Cap? Yeah, that, that's what the players get when they're drafted by the uh, oh, Detroit. I thought um, it was
2: like, uh, remember that year, the Red Wings... Um, They didn't really, I think they were kicked out in the first round, but they won the President's Trophy. And there was like a 2000 whatever Red Wings President's Trophy hat. That's what I thought you were doing. Like Red Wings, fourth overall pick hat. You know, (laughs) something to hang up in the rafters at Little Caesars (laughs) Arena. They won the fourth pick. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lottery pick. That's what. Uh well so I feel like I don't know if you remember dad meeting uh, Matt Millen and Marty Mordenweg at mm. Buddy's Pizza.
1: <laughs>
0: I just told I my do. wife I just told my wife this story for the first time and um it's one of the che- So this is the thing. This is a memory Mike that I have of dad and will have of dad forever and I wasn't even there. I got told this story later. You weren't there? I was not there. <laughs> but because we've heard the story so many times and because you I can picture it, yeah, you could feel the emotion <laughs> of our dad. Dad, I'm sorry. You he, he can throw in. Uh, there's only, I'm pretty sure that's not dad watching. Um, he, it was his birthday. And um, I believe at the time, this is Matt Mellon just uh, making his first coaching decision. Uh, so he's ju- he's new to the job, and Marty Morningweg, who's going to raise the bar, is at Buddy's Pizza. Uh, those two celebrating, toasting slices of dough. <laughs> and our dad got Detroit Lions gloves, I think, and a hat. Or just gloves.
2: I so- honestly don't remember that one. I just remember when uh, Steve Mariucci was at Buddy's Pizza.
0: Oh, okay. So you've got a whole nother... Yeah, I was. I was there for that right.
2: one. Like we went and said hi to them, and they were both kind of like, "Hey." Uh, <laughs> it, um, but it, I don't know. It's kind of an underwhelming story uh, because you well, know they're terrible at their jobs, and it, we just met a couple of bums.
0: I'll go to the Marty Morning like uh, morning story, and yeah. um, <laughs> so the reason I feel like dad right now because I'm wearing all my new stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> And this is where dad loves telling the story or he, he probably hates telling this part, but he just ran up to them with his new Detroit lions gloves <laughs> and without introducing <laughs> himself or saying, hi, Mr. Millen. Hi, Mr. Morning. He just <laughs> showed them him the gloves and said, look what I got for my birthday. <laughs> oh no. Poor dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, dad tells the story. Um, he, he can grinds his teeth. Sorry, Dad, I just told this story, but it's one of my favorite like <laughs> the reaction to have to be sitting there as Matt Millen and Marty Morningweg, enjoying your slices of buddy's pizza and just have a grown man run up and show, <laughs> <laughs> show off. <laughs> it's brand new Detroit Lions Clubs. But here I am showing off my brand new uh Detroit Red Wing stuff. Um yeah. and this you know what this is my wife nailing it because I I was gonna get some new stuff because I thought I need I need more than just the same five shirts I think I've been wearing since we started the podcast. Uh I, I've got the jerseys, right? But I it's yeah. so hot in this office right now. I've got I do have a space heater, but you know, this is this is perfect. She she just filling out my my closet with more writing yeah. stuff. I love it. All right. Mike, um should we should we continue the bantering? Because I know uh, why don't why don't we give you some time? I was thinking uh, you said you got the new NHL game. Why don't uh, why don't I pick that up too? And we'll, we'll, we'll oh, I was discuss- going to say I got I got
2: this for your birthday. What I got you this bought it for, for your birthday. yourself.
0: You bought it for yourself for my birthday. Yes. <laughs> Well, can, I yeah. just assumed
2: that you would buy it, and so now that I own it, now we can play each other, and you can throttle me in this
0: game. So that is my, that's my my—that's my birthday gift to you. My fear, and this is... the fear could not be more real, because... <laughs> if, um, if by some chance I won a game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the game that I've submitted my name for tournaments. Um, I've only <laughs> lost online, like, twice, but I also... Like I'm more of a franchise mode guy. So even though my record is is pretty nice, I'm sure the matchmaking puts me in a position to do pretty good (laughs) since I've only played, you know, like a handful of times online. Um, But if I, yeah, like, you know, we have, we have our good buddy Brent um, who uh, we play Warzone with and Dead by Daylight. Um, I am so scared that he would just, you know, like a, like a fish to water or no, is it a horse to water? Um, I don't know. Yeah. What's the right, a fish in water. Yeah. Like I, I don't want him to to get a hold of the NHL game and then it just be like second nature to him. And he's just tearing me up, even though he's never played a hockey game before I like between the three of us, I know I should win, but you know, you watch, you watch people play games and you just tell yourself, you know what? I don't focus on this game. I'm good at this other game, yeah. but God damn, if I get, if I lose to you guys, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I've been telling myself for years, like, this is just, all right, moving on. Uh, well, okay. <clears throat> I, I'll get it. And then we can, uh, we can judge it a little bit better after that. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Red Wing's talk. All right, we've got a, a Steve Eiserman interview that's post free agency drafts, uh, even the Vladi Nemistikov signing. Uh so I thought I thought we could jump into this stuff. Um we could go like a little light and fluffy, and then uh I thought one of these comments that Steve made actually brings us into a Tyler Bertuzzi conversation. Um, who 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 is uh ha- has filed for arbitration. We failed to mention this on last week's episode, but I think. The hour and a half that we ended up going, I think everybody got enough Red Wings content without us going, oh, abdelkader was bought out and, uh, <laughs> you know, Bertuzzi filed for arbitration, which in the end could mean very little uh, to the grand scheme of things. But that's where the Steve Eisner conversation comes in, because, Mike, what do we do here? We, we don't we don't sit here and just say, like, oh, this player is better than this player and we're going to base it off. You Know these couple of games that I can throw off the top of my head. Uh, we're gonna listen to Steve Eisman's words and then judge uh the philosophical meaning behind it. All right, beautiful, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're gonna start light and fluffy here. So, we're gonna go with the Detroit Allure. So, this is Steve Eiserman being interviewed. Uh, got this off of uh, uh from, from the Detroit
3: Free Press, who was nice enough to uh, let me steal opportunity it. to play no question you know you talk to thomas grace like you're going to play a lot you know and i yeah it, you know bobby ryan we need great shot forwards to play on the power play it's a great opportunity vlad like what we like vlad, he can play any of the three forward positions so you're getting an opportunity to play um um you know like take advantage of that opportunity even on a short-term contract you know set yourself up for the next one but I, I also believe the, ulti- the other lure, not just the opportunity. I think, I think I believe the players are intrigued to play for an original six franchise and play for the Red Wings. Um, that's what I believe. And you know, you, you know, a player like John Merrill, he's played here, and uh, you know, I think he was with the U18 program or uh, grew up in the area. These kids, uh, you know, they know the area and you know they know the city, and it's a great place to play. So I think there is an. A, 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 an allure to, to playing here in Detroit. Um, uh, I think off the bat, uh, yeah, the original <laughs> six
0: franchise. I don't know if you've heard, our franchise is really old. So, <laughs> all right, I I will say I I do own some original six uh apparel, hats, I will, shirts, I know, sweatshirts.
2: I I would really really like to see um like the gm of the vegas golden knights do something similar you know we're actually one of the original 31 teams seattle
0: <laughs> seattle, uh, oh, seattle 32 There's are so, so left. oh my god can you imagine I would,
2: um i would pay a lot of money to watch that i would do pay-per-view to watch the gm of vegas um talk about how great it is to be part of an original 31 team
0: you know what? You know what I love right now too is that I titled this a conversation with Steve Eiserman and somebody who's scrolling through Twitter or maybe this YouTube popped up and yes. then see him talking, they're like, Oh my god, they have fucking Steve Eiserman on right now. Holy shit. Tune in. Um. <laughs> All right, so I, I called that one the light and fluffy one because really there wasn't there wasn't too much, and and we we wanted. Yeah, to it's jump kind of stuff some... we
2: just touched on where you kind of get to be an prove a it deal. Um, it's short term. Um, you get to be a you basically get a showcase because there's not a lot of you know we're not just uh, surrounded by talent that's NHL ready right now. So you're gonna look amazing, uh, pad your stats, build your resume, and then yeah maybe stick around if you like it, and if not you know we'll find a way to move you to a playoff team. So. Um, but yeah, Steve with the uh, original six, um, he literally, he literally put his nose up um, at yeah. the rest of the NHL. <laughs> yeah, if
0: you're not, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, that was basically, uh, you know, that it was literally up. yeah, yeah he, he literally turned his nose up. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So we're going to keep them, yeah. we're going to keep them light and fluffy because the last two really transition into our next show topic. But here's uh, a conversation on uh, Bobby Ryan and Vladdy uh, that uh, Steve had that uh, conversation. Here's a, a blip of
3: yeah <laughs> a long yeah, yeah, yeah. interview. You know, I don't know that he's played the left side at all uh, uh, in his career, but I th- certainly don't see any reason why he wouldn't. But I, you know what? Honestly, they can play anywhere up and down the lineup. We'll see where it goes. Um, Vladdy has played all three forward positions. Um uh, and and i'm sure you know i haven't really sat down with jeff and gotten uh his opinion or his thoughts on where everybody's going to play we've got time to do that and once all the kind of the dust settles we'll get a chance to sit down and and discuss it ultimately he'll decide that but you know i say bladdy can play uh any of the three forward positions he can play on both special teams and and i see him playing you know any any one of our four lines he can play in a checking role he's a pretty versatile player and and bobby can go play with any of these lines as well and play on the power play so um you know to say which line, you know I try to stay away from first line second line third line fourth line but i you know i think bobby can play in any type of offensive role and uh and on the power play and i see vladi playing really in any situation
0: so I, li- I like uh, I liked what he said there. It actually mirrors a lot of uh, our, our actually like our highest watched and rated YouTube video that came out right after Vladdy signed. Uh, I had to throw something together last week because I was like, fuck, we just put out a new podcast episode that does not talk about probably arguably you know the the maybe the, the best signing for a team to like go, go up in the standings like that. That to me, again, in that video I, I put together, I, I, I'm kind of making the assertion like, okay, these other signings filled out a team and we have some flexibility for trading later. Um, you know, we can pick up some draft picks. But Nemistikov, to me, was a, now this team's better. And uh, when I just talked about playing on either side of the ice, what I actually took a look at with Nemistikov was his advanced analytics, Mike. And again, go to the YouTube channel and watch this video. Um, he's actually better than our, our other forwards in the defensive side of the game, where it's, it's blocking shots, throwing your body around, checking, hitting, you know, however you want to throw that. Uh, and he's also better than uh, a lot of our forwards on the team. And in that, in that regard, he's the second best center in both of these statistics I'm talking about. So uh, blocking shots, hitting. And then um, if, if he were compared from last season's numbers to all the Red Wings numbers, so on the defensive side, those, those are kind of the the best way to compare that. But then if you're talking about um, winning possession battles and getting more shots on net and uh, those high-danger scoring chances, he would be number two on the team in those statistics as well. So it's like the Nemistikov signing is bigger than I think people are giving it credit for because that's a signing where it's not just filling the team. It is... It's it's bringing in a a a guy who's in the prime of his career, like from a statistical basis. Like you have like that twenty five to twenty seven range, depending on whenever the next season starts. But you you've also upgraded him to being like one of the better players through advanced analytics uh, on your team, like to to get the puck on the net. So i I I just I want to say, if you want to take a look at those numbers with us. Head on over to the Brothers of Discussion YouTube page. Again, it's our highest rated uh, uh, video, and people loved it, and they asked for more. So I think that's, that's a good enough review for me to say you, you might like it as well if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, not too much to, together from this one. So now they're getting juicy. Now let's talk uh, Steve Irwin's short-term deals. Unless, Mike, did you want to touch on uh, Bobby and Vladdy, on what's he saying there? Uh, I guess the only thing to –
2: you know, kind of harp on it's something we touched on last week and you know, forgetting a guy in his prime like this and he's willing to probably take a little bit of a pay cut, I'd say. Um it's just attributed to Steve Eiserman, who it, it just sounds like guys want to play for him, guys like talking to him. And I, I <laughs> we tease about the uh you know playing for an alert, original six team, playing in Detroit. Um I I think he can't, he can't say it, but we can say it for him. It's more about playing for Steve, I'd say. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm just glad that this is our GM going forward. And I think uh, besides liking these moves, it also bodes well for future moves. So we want to get people, um, they're going to want to play for him, but yeah, we can move on to the next clip here.
0: And I, I want to throw <laughs> this one out there. It's kind of like last week we talked about Steve Eisman's words to Chris Draper in regards to the draft of Keenan mm-hmm. and how he said, Hey, these their jobs are on the line they know that if they're not making decisions that benefit this franchise then they're gone those those are not maybe not verbatim but <laughs> uh but that that's what steve said about uh the key to draper draft that's you know they, first it was a little bit of a tickle on his tummy uh and then did, he said uh, that. so now
2: did chris know jobs are on the line before he submitted the draft pick
0: right he, he that's what they asked wait him, uh, what On his press conference, they said, yeah, Steve said, you know, your job's on the line with this draft. So uh, put that in perspective to drafting your son. And Chris actually, his jaw dropped and he started drooling and uh, picked up his cell phone. (laughs) Actually got on the line with Gary Bettman and was like, hey, (laughs) how How would one go about undoing a pick? Is the seventh round, can we restart it? Because I know we picked first. I thought we were (laughs) mocking no, we didn't mean that one. No, I thought we Eden? were mocking. No, yeah. <laughs> no, God, did you see the draft grades on him? No, we <laughs> didn't mean to draft him. All right, let's start over. It's fine. Um, yeah, just go to uh, yeah any of the uh, the outlets for the Detroit Red Wings. You can see that uh, that live that Chris Draper reaction. Um, all right, yeah. let's talk let's talk short term deals uh, from Stevie. Uh, this is again from that same interview with uh, the free
3: you the flexibility to do a lot of different things when you get into the longer term contracts generally they're like you're locked into them and obviously when you sign players we all hope that they perform well and 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 justify uh the signing of the contract um yeah, so um i think it just we're just trying to move cautiously and uh and in the in the climate we're in um with uncertainty with our salary cap in, in years to come, uh, we just felt like this is a good way to go. We're prepared to, you know, sign players to longer term contracts. Um, but we're going to be careful in, in, including our own players, uh, you know, re-signing our own players. We're going to, we're going to just move slowly for the time being and, and be careful about handing out long-term deals. And
0: so now do you see where I'm saying this is getting juicy because we know for two seasons arbitration or filed for arbitration and Iserman is blatantly stating our own players. We want to be careful with what's going on. Now, arbitration is a whole new bag of worms. Um, it It's it's uh, well, actually, you know what? We should just have uh, I think Steve can give us a little bit of insight, too. And in what's what's going on with uh with Pertuzzi we'll we'll play that one and then I want to like jumble the conversation on both of these uh together
3: or what it is but uh, it's both of our intentions to get a deal done and and likewise with Tyler you know the thing he filed for arbitration you know ultimately we know we're going to get a a contract done it may be for one year um or maybe longer so um you know as where it stands we'll continue to talk and uh and with with Tyler I'm sure they're preparing for arbitration just like we are.
0: Just uh, yeah, a quick little snippet of advertisements from the Freep right there. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the result of this arbitration, I think uh, a lot of people were, were kind of in the same boat where they're like, all right, usually these arbitration filings mean nothing. But I, I think there is a lot to what Steve Weissman saying in regards to these short-term deals and trying to figure things out and, and treading carefully uh, because it's not like you look at an Anthony Mantha or a Tyler Bertuzzi and say, this is the easiest thing in the world to find. Um, so I I think what we're going to be gathering here is that they they certainly are treading carefully. Um, and they, they're... They're trying to play this the Red Wings way. And they. I, I think the, the days of doing favors for these guys because they've turned in a couple of hot seasons is, is gone. Um, and I, I just... There is a conversation to be had about what's going on with Bertuzzi. And I, I think a lot of people were ready to write off this idea that either there's a conspiracy behind it of uh, sometimes... <laughs> I can't, I, and I was reading about this online, so I'm not, uh, a, a, I don't believe in this conspiracy that Iserman would ask Tuzzi, or the Red Wings are asking Bertuzzi to file for arbitration. Um, and then there's uh, the the idea that this is just them prolonging uh, negotiations to make things more on the Red Wing side for uh, ownership of those rights on the restricted free agent side. I... I think there really is a, a breakdown in, in the negotiations here. I don't think it's one of these things where they're playing these games with the NHL. I, I think Eiserman is playing the game that he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, forgive me, um, because I've seen it done uh, with other podcasts and other videos. And I'm not, I Bertuzzi is better than Justin Abdelkader. So now you know where I'm going with this but I don't want to see a guy who was put on the first line for an NHL franchise and the output looks pretty good, but don't forget that he also comes with the minutes of a first line player. He gets the opportunities of a first line player. He's getting power play opportunities. So I don't want to find out that we inflated those statistics and then we don't actually have a top six forward here, especially in a, you know, in a situation where, you you know, do you want to put yourself in these long-term um contracts where again I Bertuzzi's better than Abdulcator, but we just bought out Abdulcator's contract and that's gonna hurt us for a little while now. Uh we're still gonna feel it for uh what six years or um, you
2: know, yeah, I'll pull that up for you.
0: Yeah. Um so <coughs> long story short, I think I think there is more to this, especially based off Iserman's words where he made sure that we understood like He's trying to get these deals as short, as uh, maybe as flexible and manageable as possible. I don't want to say as short as possible, because it could be something where maybe he's trying to come in with Bertuzzi and say, hey, I want to do this. uh, I want to do a longer term deal, but this is this is the money I'm willing to give you. And um, I don't know, it just to me, if it was Anthony Mantha, I think there's more uh i i think you could tell yourself there's there's more to the anthony mantha signing of uh you know like what you're going to get potential wise i think there's more there there's more there's a more human there mike there's more size to anthony mantha and uh you know damn it all the hell even if uh bertuzzi's got those statistics the analytics side with anthony mantha and i, I I also have another thing I want to talk about later in the show where there was a list from uh, the Sportsnet that listed the top 10 restricted free agents and Anthony Mantha was left off that list, but Tyler Bertuzzi made it. I just, am I crazy? Like, did we really just go through last season and not like see what can happen when Anthony Mantha's is healthy? And like, again, no hate for, for Tyler Bertuzzi. I got into a discussion last night about Tyler Bertuzzi and I, 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 right. I just want everyone to know. I don't hate Bertuzzi. I just think there's 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 some question. There's more questions to what his career is going to look like long term than I think Anthony Mantha, where I think the question is health, right? And and I I just for both of these guys, I still question whether or not they're long term pieces of the core, which also puts into question like how long is it going to take for this team to build a core, Um, but. God, there's so many butts involved with this because I'm trying to I'm trying to tread lightly because in no way do I hate Tyler Bertuzzi. Absolutely, he has a place on this team. Absolutely I want him to get signed. But I I think it is it's almost a disservice to what the situation is and who Tyler Bertuzzi is to just throw aside the arbitration conversation and say it's it's definitely just like um this this is just how these things go. This is routine, I think. Um, cause it's, it, I mean, if it was routine, every single player would go through arbitration. I think the, once you're in arbitration, that whole scenario is routine from a sense, but I, I, am I, am I, am I rambling? Am I, am I making any sense here? Is, am I, am I grasping at anything that, that is a semblance, that has some sort of I semblance think, uh, to, to an idea?
2: <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, when I initially listened to the clip, it for me it just kind of sounded like, um, you know, we're we're willing to sign the Bobby Ryan's, we're willing to sign the Nemesnikovs if it's you know a short-term deal. Um, but yeah, kind of after hearing what you're saying and in conjunction with uh, the Bertuzzi news, um, I think if you do read the tea leaves a little bit, I think you I think you are onto something that they are that they are alluding to. We don't want a Bertuzzi mortgage, or at least yeah. he hasn't proven that we want a Bertuzzi mortgage at this time. Um what we saw this past season is what can happen is you know with Bertuzzi as your one of your top line guys um and how the offense <laughs> runs and it was not super impressive um and you know he's he's fine I don't not want him on the team but it's not at the level Manta is where when he's when he's well I think that that they're you know justifying that risk is worth you know the potential um you saw you know they you know opened up with a lot of uh points um I, I mean that scoring goals and then they were winning games when mantha was feeling right um and mantha could you know he's proven that he could be a point you know almost a point a night guy um and bertuzzi's good but i don't think he's he's at that point where he's he's you got to make that decision if you want to sign the mortgage or not. And uh, they just don't have enough information to do that. They don't have enough to justify it at this point.
0: Right. And that is the best – what you just said is the perfect point. Like, if this was routine – like, no, the the routine thing is Bertuzzi signing a long-term contract because Iserman sees potential in him. He says, no, this guy is a piece of my court. I think that is – Routine. I don't think calling arbitration, like again, I, I think what was misinterpreted is I, I saw some folks with um a, a lot of um uh influence in the Detroit Red Wings community saying that don't worry guys, this is routine. I I think what like the misuse of that word, I think it I think what they're trying to say was that this entire process is routine. I don't think Again, right? because what? We'd all go to arbitration, right? If it was routine, we'd all be going to arbitration. I, <laughs> there's uh, I, I like how you put it. like we're we're we certainly reading the tea leaves, but right uh, like more routine would be we, we see bertuzzi had signed a long-term deal worth a lot of money because he's a piece of this court. And that's that's where all the issues are coming up. I, I've seen some of the the dollar amounts that are like in the five million dollar range for bertuzzi. I don't know how many years you want to pay that out and eventually have him turn into a middle 6 or worse <laughs> on your lineup. And that's where these issues start to pop up. And Iserman stated it pretty clearly. Like he wants that flexibility. He likes these short-term deals. So if Bertuzzi wants that money, maybe it's, you know, that's where the arbitration makes this a little bit easier. And maybe a one-year contract is what comes out of this. Um, and Bertuzzi's got to prove himself just like everybody else. But yeah, let's, let's, let's pull back on the whole idea. Like this was supposed to happen. Um, I guess if we're talking fate, yeah. If we're going to play the science game with Mel Gibson, yeah, this was all supposed to happen because here we are and it happened. But (laughs) I I guess I just want to say there, there is more to look at with this. And I think I made my point. What I'm trying to say, I blatantly stated or questioned whether or not Bertuzzi's a piece of this court. All right, Mike. Uh, we gotta we gotta do some business here uh, because uh, a piece of my core in my bathroom now is my Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, it it is uh, keeping me high and tight and dry. Uh, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, the entire package that you get from Manscaped, along with the Lawnmower 3.0, is keeping me fresh, smelling good. You've got the the ball deodorant. Uh, you've got that little spray that I really like that uh, they recommend if you're if you're feeling a little low, like spray it. Get a little spritz down there and it lightens your day right up. Um, I it's uh, <laughs> it does the job. I'll say that. I, I'm not sure what it's doing, but the smell and wafting up from the, the my core is <laughs> uh, wow. uh, definitely it's <laughs> definitely one of the eye openers, I think, uh, to my morning. Uh, But, uh, I mean, the main tool here is that lawnmower 3.0, which you can get the package from Manscaped uh, and manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping if you use the promo code THPN. Uh, That, of course, is in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, So use promo code THPN, get 20% off and free shipping on this this beautiful tool that has the uh, 7,000 RPM motor. Mike, it's got that LED light to uh, light up where the sun don't shine. Um and what's our what's my little line? Uh avoid the tickle. Clean up Don't. that pickle. Yeah. <laughs> something like something like that. Avoid the tickle, clean up that pickle, because this thing will not miss a hair. Uh and you can really go to town on it because you are you're gonna miss all the uh or you, <laughs> stop having to worry about all those nicks and, and cuts and stuff because this this thing really is doing the trick. Uh so that's the lawn Bar 3.0. I love it. Mike, we've been talking about it for months. Uh you can't go wrong. That's a promo code THPN for 20% off and free shipping so that you can avoid that tickle while you clean up your pickle. Absolutely. All right. Mike, we, uh, we haven't gotten any questions in the chat. Uh, so if anybody's listening and, uh, they want to talk about Tyler Bertuzzi being a piece of this core, obviously throw that in there. Uh, but we're also running low on topics. Uh, so (laughs) Where do we want to go, Mike? Because I know I, I'm kind of taken over here, and I kind of skipped over one of my own topics, and now, now we're in the second half of, of our show here. Do you want to jump into our Atlantic Division check-in?
2: Yeah. Um, I guess because, you know, the consensus around the league is that, you know, Steve Eiserman did a really good job in the offseason, and I, I think we're part of that consensus. Um, you know, making a lot of smart, brainy moves, you know, for Flexible, these uh, – yeah. yeah a lot of cap flexibility um, you know players they can play on the first line second line hell even maybe the fourth or third line It's it's really <laughs> it's really up there if we had a fifth line they could play there as well um they're cheap deals they're short deals uh, you know Caesar guys you could potentially move at the deadline if you're still cratering at the bottom of the league Um And if not, I mean, you got some guys who want to prove it and then make, uh, you know, big money on their next deal, which is what Steve said. So we're trying to kind of look at the Atlantic division um, and the Red Wings said they're historically awful um, (laughs) amount of uh, points in the, you know, win-loss tie column. Um, So not necessarily to include draft picks because those are kind of more you know what's what's going to happen in the in future seasons to come but matt yes based on what we've done and based on what other teams have done at least in the atlantic division maybe not the entire nhl um are we still the worst team in the atlantic (laughs)
0: Well, I, I like I like your list here because it makes a lot of sense. Um because we have you have the Sabres, the Ottawa Senators, and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, are- I
2: didn't I didn't bother with the, the Stanley
0: Cup champions. Right.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, we're not better than them. Uh we're certainly not better than Boston. Um so, and Toronto, I would not include either.
0: I, I I do like how you started it though. Um taking a look at the Sabres, like how how do you say that we can like, like, there's there's a lot that goes into us catching up to the Sabres with the signing of Taylor Hall, because there's a lot of desperation that goes in there. Uh, you've got Jack Eichel. Uh, you know, we just dissected what Steve Eiserman said, but, man, if the Buffalo Sabres franchise, uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, podcast had to dissect what Jack Eichel was trying to say in every interview, Jesus Christ, uh, that <laughs> – well, actually, you know what? It's pretty simple. Um, he just throws out there, get me the fuck out of here. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> – <laughs> That's that, that. There's not a lot of philosophy or tea, uh, uh, tea leaf uh, reading in there. So uh, there's a lot of desperation behind. I, I think the signing of Taylor Hall. Uh, this is something that Jack Eichel needs so that he can believe in in this franchise and stick around. So they they need to be better. And I, I don't know if the Red Wings need to be better. So that that I think absolutely comes into play. Right. We we don't need to be better. We right. know we're not ready to win the Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, they're
2: they're clearly trying to appease him. Uh... Right we got the best forward on the market and we're just going to give them one here.
0: Uh, so let me, let me just keep moving down because um, we've also got the Ottawa senators who I thought have made a lot of great moves. Um, and I I, I, I like the question that you put on here is like, going to affect the Ottawa senators. Uh, so I, I think if the senators are lucky enough to get Stutzler, uh in that lineup, I, I just don't know what the, uh, like, is is he ready to go? I, I, I don't know how this is going to work either. Like, is, is, are we going to get a full exhibition season so that they can figure that out? But, I, I I mean, like, ultimately, we're the ones who had 17 wins, right? So, we're the ones that have to crawl out farther than the Ottawa Senators did. But they also have Matt Murray now. It, it, from the Hockey Podcast Network's perspective and Sends Hour podcast, uh, that uh, Evgeny Dedanoff was was somebody that our Sends Hour podcast was excited to pick up. So I, I, I don't know if there's enough with what the Red Wings have done to say that we're making moves to only improve the team, or I think the senators are, they are doing those moves. Um, so we've, we've still got the, the Vladimir signing that, that puts us in that, uh, you know, I, I said that that's the signing where it's like, okay, this team is surely upgraded. I think you could make the argument too with with Bobby Ryan, but I think there's a whole new mess of worms in regards to why that signing actually happened. Um, so Ottawa Senators, I think are still, like if we improved, if we're going to say that we've done enough to improve, I think the Ottawa Senators have. So have we leapfrogged the Ottawa Senators? <sighs> I think it's possible based on the parody in this league, but I wouldn't stamp it and say Eiserman has done enough here to make sure that we're not – 31st in the league. Um, because I mean the other teams are putting in signings right? So I, I think there's a possibility that we could leapfrog the Ottawa Senators, but that's only because the struggle's real for both of these franchises. And then uh, Montreal, I think, has also uh done enough uh to like I guess to stay to stay above Detroit. Uh so that 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 makes it a tough conversation to sit here and go, well. We're in store for another 8th place finish. Uh but I, I think, you know, when we say the struggle's real, I think Ejerman would agree. He he didn't come out and say, you know, two-year window, I'm going to get you guys a Stanley Cup. Fuck it, let's do this. Like we we're, we're in it for the long haul. And I I don't anticipate seeing Lucas uh Raymond, so I mean that's that's our top prospect right now easily. Uh so are, are we really are we really expecting a huge jump up if we're not even going to see Lucas Raymond play. I I don't think you could, I don't think you could say that. So without that happening, I think there's a lot that would need to come together for the Red Wings to go. Yay. We're not in eighth place in the Atlantic. I think there's a a team that's better than a 17 win in a, what, 62 game season uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. There's, There's definitely a better team here. And I think over the last two episodes, we've made the argument that this team is better. But uh, the, other, the other teams around us at the bottom of the division have also made have also made the moves to move up. So I, I don't, I don't know if you can go into this season and hope for more than just a decrease in like the plus four goal losses. Like I, I think what we're gonna see is a team that can finish a little bit more., um, what do I want to say? Uh, more, more responsible play on the defensive side. Than, than we saw last year. So so these games aren't going to get so out of hand. And I think we really did see the end of Jimmy Howard's career, which probably played a lot into like what was going on there. I don't think it was just Jimmy Howard not getting any defense in front of him. I, I think we did witness the end of that career, even though he's going to keep playing. So you've upgraded goaltending. You have a more steady defense. I just, you know, it wasn't like we went out and picked up, you know, so right. we didn't, we didn't upgrade from a, an elite status. I think we just upgraded to kind of make sure, uh, you know, if if, if we're going to put it in perspective, let's say we're putting some more sandbags up, you know, up against the, the wall of, of waves coming at us. Uh, th- this year we have more sandbags. We invested in that regard because um, we talked about it last week, right? And we, we went through the list of, you know, is John Merrill coming in and, and becoming uh, a piece of this core? Absolutely not. This, this is, this was filling. This was icing a team as Steve Eisenman puts it. This is giving us some flexibility. Um, so sure. He might stick around. He might earn another contract for another couple years, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. And, uh, man, I've been rambling for a while. I, I don't know if, if you're ready to jump in, but, uh, we're not objectively
2: better than the Sabres, so no. Um, I'm pretty jealous of their moves. I think we're maybe a year or two away from doing something like that, um, just giving somebody a, a big, you know, uh, one-year, um, you know, like Bobby Ryan, but like a, a guy in his prime. Uh, you know, uh, as far as Ottawa goes, I mean, were they a Matt Murray away from being decent? Uh
0: Right. And that's do, you where I envy, say, do you envy that move? Uh, if there's an, uh, no, not at all. Uh, if there's opportunity to move up, I think that's where it's it's going to happen. O- Ottawa. I, I don't know if you can like, nobody in their right mind – like, you could make the argument, sure, you can jump over the Sabres. Because – why? Because they're the Sabres. They fuck everything up every year. So somebody's going to get hurt. And, yeah, they'll be near the bottom of the standings. But I uh, – <laughs> Our only chance is really Ottawa this year. That's – Yes, absolutely. I think that is a legitimate argument you could make. I don't know if you look at the Taylor Hall signing and there's somebody who could jump on right now and make the argument that because they signed Taylor Hall, the Red Wings are now better than them. It's just, it's it doesn't make sense to make that argument for a team that had 17 wins. I think, no, like that, if we're going to judge it by, you know, what has just happened in this off season, again, I think it's fine to say the Red Wings upgraded and that's what you want to see. You want to see us not get destroyed by four-plus goals. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, they, a
2: ton. We, just, we just basically plugged, uh, you know, the, uh, what is it, that the German Doughboy with the holes in the ship, and you just try and put fingers in all the holes. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we had a lot of holes last year, and there, there wasn't a lot you could do if you had a, a, a roster coming in that was talent depleted, and, like, all your defensemen got hurt. Um, so this year now we've just stacked the roster with, Tons of defensemen, tons of extra guys. Uh, I don't know how we're going to have a. Looks like we're going to field a a, a top, I guess, ice. We're going to ice a top eight defense uh, with all these guys Iserman's acquired Um, and still try and make room for like a a Mo Sider cameo here and there. Um, You know, they've tried to overdo it. um, And I just, I don't think they're going to be historically bad this year. Um, And I, I, you know i'm not super impressed with what, what Ottawa was putting out there i i think we have a chance to beat them um the only other team that i put out that was kind of fun is because they couldn't handle the red wing buzz saw last year was montreal um but I, I love their Toffoli signing i'm i'm pretty jealous of that i don't know if this Toffoli move is uh you know was it a, was it a the gm looking across you know the country lines and seeing how they can figure out how to beat the Red Wings for once. And is Toffoli that player?
0: I think with, with what Montreal has, has built, I mean, what happened on like TSN this past week is uh, the, the claim was made that Montreal now has a better team than the, like could eclipse the Toronto Maple Leafs in the standings. And I think a lot of that is based off of the struggles last season. So I'm going to say if that if on TSN, they brought up the conversation, has Montreal done enough to go past Toronto? I, I I mean, if I had to pick a team that's better, I'm sticking with Toronto. I don't care what their defensive struggles are. They, they can figure that out. You can just keep rolling the dice on a team with all this offensive firepower and eventually it's going to work out. But if you're going to start that conversation, I think that means there's enough there, right? So I'm not going to claim to know more then, you know, what's going on uh, on TSN? Uh, But I will say if that conversation's starting and there's actually some bozo who wants to say Montreal's done enough to jump Toronto in the standings, I think that means that we are far enough behind that we we won't be able to jump over Montreal. Just Um,
2: The one thing with uh, Montreal and Toronto, um, Toronto's just jinxed by being Toronto. Uh, so I think that's maybe where Montreal has a chance to leapfrog. Um, but this Toronto Maple Leaf team is like the most, like 2002 Detroit Red Wings team I've ever seen. Um, and I mean, besides being led by superstars, like, you know, Austin Matthews, John Tavares and Mitch Marner, um, namely their, uh, re-signing of Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton at 41. He wanted. To, I thought he wanted to win a cup. Why is he going to Toronto, man? I
0: I don't understand. <laughs> they they
2: screwed up in the playoffs every season.
0: Um, yeah, I thought it, it's funny that uh, the the definition of insanity. So they're going to try again with an aging San Jose Sharks forward uh, after Patrick Marleau didn't work out. Uh, now the price makes a little bit more sense this time with Joe because I think uh, right. he's he's at the basement. Uh, like like what line others. is Joe playing on?
3: I so I saw what they were putting line together.
0: Line? I, I saw some different uh, pieces put together with third or fourth line. So he, he's a bottom six, but I mean, that's, that's quite a bottom six to have to, to include Joe Thornton on there. Cause they, they, again, this is a team that's stacked with offensive talent. So if, if you can bring in, you know, who they're all reasonably young, still uh, the core of this team. Yeah. If you can bring in a guy who's going to, you know, bring in that, um, uh, the desperation again, I'll use that word as we were using it for the Sabres and picking up Taylor hall. But if, if you're going to bring in a guy that adds in that, that desperation for a Stanley cup, and I don't think Toronto, uh, I don't think there's that element that's missing from Toronto, but when you add like that individual and, uh, you've got skill, you've got uh, the hockey IQ that he can pass along. And he, he is an incredibly good guy to have in the room. And I, God damn! Do I fucking hate hearing yeah. that? But it, it does make a lot of sense for the Maple Leafs, who are coming off having uh, Babcock in the room, who was trying to put Mitch Marner in situations where everybody would hate him. So, I, I think I think the change to go from and you know obviously what Joe Thornton's being asked to do is very different from like what Mike Babcock was doing, but to to change the room to you know take out Babcock bring in uh, Joe Thornton, does a lot for them. Um, I just don't, you know, you don't look at that move and say Stanley Cup contender. You already could reasonably say that about the Maple Leafs. So I, I you've added to a Stanley Cup contender. I think their results and the fact that we look at, uh, you know, two years ago, a, a year ago, two years ago, we were still putting them at the top of those lists of like, yeah, this is for sure a team that could challenge for, um you know, winning the division. So that doesn't go away just because the results weren't as, as great as we thought, like there's still all of that talent there. So, and you have a year of learning. I, I don't know why that, right. I mean, we're Red Wings fans. Uh, we saw what happens in the early nineties and then what, what it turns into. So the, the more you learn, uh, the, the better those chances are to win that cup. So I, yeah, if, if anything uh, that conversation again on, on TSN was silly, I, you know what, Mike, I, you know, this is what we can talk about as, as two guys that don't follow the Toronto Maple Leafs religiously. Same thing with the Montreal Canadiens and Ottawa Senators and Buffalo Sabres. Um, But I, 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 think to wrap up the whole conversation, I think it's, I think it's pretty easy to say that you can be more optimistic for what the results will be win wise for this season, but to look at what this division just did and then say we're going to be moving up in the standings. I think if somebody laughed at you and said, "No, that's not happening," that's okay. That's probably you know, like that's right on the money. Like it, it's it's it's. Yeah, I, I, I hate saying the same words over and over, but the reasonable expectation is that we are at the bottom of the division standings uh, again. Yeah, and and well, we could have only analyzed what the Red Wings have done. And still been pretty accurate with that because we're coming off of one of the worst seasons ever for a hockey team. So you got to do a lot of fixing. <laughs>
2: well, uh, the one thing, too, I was just going to bring up is um, looking at, you know, comparing the Red Wings to the the two rosters of Montreal and Toronto. We're a lot closer to being Montreal instead of Toronto. And I, I guess the reason I say that is not because we have, uh, you know, Carey Price in that, but Toronto's so top heavy. Uh they have three guys that they're paying over ten million a year um at forward, you know, in Austin, Tavares and, and Mitch. And then they just fill out the roster, the rest of their uh forwards with guys who are, you know, barely minimum deals. And I'm including including Spezza and Thornton in that list. Um, whereas Montreal, like their highest paid forward is at five and a half million, which I think is something the Red Wings would do cartwheels for, you know, to have, you know, maybe Larkin and Mantha making that kind of money. Um So we're just closer to that because we don't have – I don't think we have a guy you could justify giving, you know, an eighth of your cap space to, uh, let alone three guys, you know, gobbling up uh such a large chunk. Um And, I, you know, as far as comparing the three and making improvements, the right wings easily have, you know, out of the whole NHL, the most flexibility to do whatever they want going forward. But – <sighs> I guess the last uh, – I'll give you a little line change question here, Matt. Would you rather be – would you rather have the Red Wings be closer to Toronto or Montreal, knowing that we are closer to being Montreal?
0: I don't I, – I heard another podcast actually having this exact conversation, and I absolutely would not – like if I, if I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I wouldn't say I can't – like I hate this team – I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I don't like this experiment. Like it's frustrating, but they are apps. And I go back to that same statement of like, this is, I have no, no qualms. I, I I have no problem saying, yes, there's still a Stanley cup contender. There is way too much talent there. Like if everything comes together the way it was supposed to, we're, you know, we don't even have this conversation. We're just going, all right, uh, two years in a row, Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley cup. Just, there's so many different variables that come into play for for the NHL. So if I was to say, would I rather we were all set with our core and we're trying to figure out the other pieces, uh, like Toronto, I think I'd rather be in that situation than say we have a lot of our... a lot of you know, what do I want to say? Those role players, right? We we have the role players all set, but we don't have we can roll uh, four lines. Right. We don't we don't have the, the the easily recognizable names for marketability. We we don't have the guys that for sure put together heart trophy candidate seasons. Yeah, like I, I think it, it it should be an easy Toronto Maple Leafs answer to that question. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, put my money behind
2: superstars all day every day.
0: and I I think you know I think as we move along, you know, and we're not going to know for like ten years. Um, was that the wrong was that the wrong move to make? And of course, it's not like uh, yeah, Dubas think- made. It's not like Dubis made those decisions. Going like, oh, COVID's going to become an issue soon, so I better not sign these guys for for too much cash. Everything around them was saying the salary's going to keep going up. Uh, the salary yeah. cap. So is he a moron for <laughs> like taking that into consideration? No, uh, it, it's it just might turn into something where we go, all right. Ne- next time we don't we don't do it all on the forward side and hope that something works out from the defensive side. It's, it's just, you know, again, uh, you have all those pieces. They have the flexibility where if they want to get rid of one of those pieces, I, I just think their problem right now is they're not sure which one of those pieces is becoming like that career Toronto Maple Leaf Jersey getting retired, you know, led us to some playoff runs. I think they're too scared right now to make the move on a forward that they can drop, which with how much talent they have on one side of the puck, I, I think they should be more willing to to drop some of that talent, or they, you know, trade wise, maybe they're just not getting the offers. Uh, there's 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 a lot that goes into it. But final thought, I'd much rather be in the Toronto Maple Leafs situation than the Montreal Canadiens. Um, yeah,
2: I I would much rather have uh, like Iserman preaches draft, draft 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 draft. You know, drafted Matthews, drafted uh, Mitch, drafted William Nylander, um, absolutely um you know it's it's fun to be Montreal and ooh Thomas Tatar is available let's snag him you know let's get a little Tyler Toffoli um I instead of having three solid lines if you have one mega line you can win a cup oh hey Tampa Bay Lightning I mean they had depth too like guys built them out but you know one mega line basically did all the scoring for like four rounds in the playoffs so that
0: That is a tremendous point because what you saw was what happens when the team, when your best players are your best players, right? Yeah. So if Toronto is getting the same output from their top two lines that Tampa Bay was getting, how are they beatable? Like uh, it's just, that's where it comes into play of like, all right, we just saw Tampa Bay get knocked out in the first round last year to a Columbus Blue Jackets team that has, you know, definitely had more talent last year than they did this year, but you know, they still had no business beating Tampa. So how do we look at the same situation and go, no, Toronto's still miles away from cup contention. No, they're, they're right there. They're still, they're legitimate cup contenders. And even though we're Red Wings fans here, I have no problem throwing that out there and being jealous of it uh, i think that's that's also the normal uh, that should be like the normal feeling uh when you look at the maple Leafs. it's it's fun to watch them fail absolutely but you know why it's so fun to watch them fail because we know we know how much talent they have and how much success they should be enjoying right now and i absolutely would still love to be in that situation but uh you know we're uh, Mitch Marner and an Austin Matthews and a Tavares and a William Nylander short. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I, I will say out of that list, there are some guys, um, well, yeah, like, uh, you know what? We've been going for an hour and we've been talking about the Maple Leafs and the Canadians for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and this is a Red Wings podcast. I, um, I think uh, I had some other topics Uh, we we can throw. Let me throw this out there for a second. There's this map. I I don't know how much there is to dissect, but uh, we could be getting new uh, divisions based off COVID and keeping the Canadians nice and safe and then uh, limiting the travel in the U S so not limiting travel in uh, Canada because they're going to be going across the entire country. Uh, But uh, you can see like for the Red Wings here, if you guys are just seeing this for the first time, uh we're pretty much staying you know in a in a north south direction pretty tight pretty tight area uh if you take a look at uh that that what's mostly like the metropolitan division uh man what a nice travel schedule that's gonna be uh and then when you move out west you're just kind of like well fuck them anyway uh i mean that's that's kind of that's kind of how i i saw this at first was uh the West is always just going to be screwed. Uh, there's a lot of open space. There's uh, you know a lot of plains uh, and and mountain ranges out there. So uh, there's there's a lot of teams spread out across that area. Um, and then uh, Canada, yeah, just overall like they're going to be safer. But man, just Montreal going all all the way to Vancouver is going to suck. Um, but I I thought this was interesting. I I think it would be kind of neat to to set up more like a baseball schedule, like playing these teams like three games in a row. Um, maybe yeah, building up some series. rivalries. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, uh, w- when this came out, it was a part of a discussion of, uh, some of the GMs actually giving out some information that they probably shouldn't have been giving out, but, uh, it goes along with this idea too of a shortened season. So, I mean, you play these teams twice, let's say, um, I don't want to say twice. I mean, you're going to do a three game series, maybe, uh, a couple of times or go like two games in a row kind of thing. Um, and then do a home and away, I don't think you do them back-to-back. But, yeah, you've, you visit these teams uh, a couple times and then maybe build up some rivalries. I think I think a lot of people hated this when they first saw it. I, I, I thought it was kind of neat, and I, it would be kind of fun. <laughs> it would be funny to see how the playoffs worked out if, you know, I, I think the, the joke every year is uh, who is Canada's team because it's like the one Canadian team that would be left in the playoffs kind of thing. But it would be yeah. so sad to go to the playoffs and, you know, all of Canada just knocks themselves out for the entire play. You know, leading <laughs> up to like a conference championship or however you want to like talk about what the end of the season would look like. There, there'd there be only one Canadian team again against three U.S. teams. So it'd be, it'd be kind of a bummer again for Canada. But, the, you know, they'd have all their uh, – every, everybody rooting for one team who's ever left from that uh, the Canadian division there. Um, just – like that aspect of it, I thought was funny. Like let's let's keep these boys safe. Um, but uh, ultimately, I, I just want to throw that out there because that was like a, our last topic of the show. Um,
3: yeah, it makes sense to be, too. Uh,
2: either way, it sucks to be Minnesota. <laughs>
3: Which I don't, generally,
2: yeah. generally speaking, it sucks to be in Minnesota. But anyway. Whew. Uh, It's just 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 Prince and uh, Kirby Puckett. Sorry.
1: I'm I'm
0: watching season three of Fargo right now because we want to start watching season four. And uh, we realized we never finished season three, which I think at this point is like three years old. And uh, one of the lines that they throw out in episode two is just why there are like mafia groups, uh, like organized crime in Minnesota. And they're like, it's just so bland. Like you can go there; it it, nobody's gonna suspect anything. You just, uh, and and of course, the business that they're trying to launder money through is a parking garage business, which again, like, is would just bore you to tears. So it's, 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 I mean, just to your point, that was um, the mean thing the Fargo show said about Minnesota. Um, All right, Mike. I don't know why we're dogging on Minnesota, but this is the end of the show. Yeah, sucky Um, Minnesota. I don't know. I, I had right. some fun talking today, and uh, hopefully the NHL 21 competition will start soon between yeah. uh, the brothers of discussion. All right, so uh, find us on uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Podcasts. and Oh, there's Mike holding up his Ovechkin picture. <laughs> uh, we are on YouTube. We'd appreciate the subscription. And um, where else? What's the other one? Um, all right, and uh, Instagram. It's up, underscore of underscore discussion. And uh, oh, and the the Twitter one is at bod hockey. But yeah, follow us on all those different spots and uh, get to know us. We're having fun. We hope everybody else is having fun. Uh, next time, if you're watching us, uh, throw in goddamn question in the freaking chat, man. We got we got time. We could have talked. We could have talked to you this whole time. I, I see somebody's watching right now. So whoever's whoever's doing that, you should have should have thrown in some questions because now we're wrapping up. Don't do it right now. Don't do it right now. Just too late. Do it next week. Alright, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Bye.